How is everybody doing out there in the world, the beautiful world? What's up, folks? So we got episode number eight coming up of Paving a Path. And on this episode, we've got my, my brother, RJ Thornton, coming in. And man, RJ's a good cat. I always enjoy catching up with him, hanging out with him. Uh, some funny stuff in this one. We, a lot of good laughs. We talk about anything from grandma's garden to eating some gator and fried rattlesnake. Talk about, you know, best seat at the Ryman here in Nashville, and I'm sure that's debatable. Everybody has a, has a favorite seat in that, in that beautiful venue. So yeah, we're going to jump into it. This is my brother, RJ Thornton, on episode eight of Paving a Path podcast. What you been up to, man? Man, been trying to play this gig. I played with a guy named uh, John Wood last night at the Mockingbird Theater in Franklin. Have you ever been down there? No, I haven't, but I've definitely been wanting to go. I know you, you said that um, that's not the same place that you and Lone Hollow are playing, is yes, it? Yes, Lone Hollow is playing there October 28th. Okay. Uh, I don't know what time, but <laughs> they don't give me the good details. <laughs> It'll be a good time. They just give me the broad dates. Yeah. It, and it, it, <laughs> whenever it gets closer, that's when I'll get a time frame usually, like be there here at this time. And I don't know what the bill is. I can't remember how they got it, but uh, John Wood... He's like with this producer named Justin Weaver. And so he's a songwriter around town and he wrote for like Dirks Bentley and like he played bass for Jason Aldean. And he's like kind of like a pretty prominent guy. And so he's been writing some with John. And that was like John's first uh, full band show. And so we opened for Josh Marinda, who wrote like Somewhere on a Beach by Dirks Bentley. I personally had. Never ever heard that song until last night. Really? I straight up told him I was like, guys, I don't really listen to like pop. Like, Was it, wasn't that a number one hit at some point? Yes, I think. Yeah. yeah okay. I like listen to pop country, quote unquote, commercial country. We'll call it that because I mean, some of it's pop, some of it's not. But, like, I listened to that in high school, like through high school and then college. Like, my taste for music kind of changed a good amount. Yeah. And so, I lost like four to five, maybe six years of commercial country music right so now that i'm in nashville now i'm like getting back into it but yeah so we opened for him and um i just did a run with lone hollow yeah in north carolina uh to the granite city brew fest in mount airy slash elkin people don't know that's like mayberry the andy griffin show um and then we did the dixie classic fair in winston-salem which is like the North Carolina State Fair, but for the Winston-Salem folk, <laughs> it's still the same concept. Fried everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, Down home, there's southern. A, there's a tractor pull. There's like figure eight car racing, demolition derby, just a <laughs> North Good Carolina time. fair. You're deep, baby. Yeah, it is It is very deep. Yeah, fried, fried rattlesnake. I think they had fried tacos. Uh, I think they... One place had like fried Chinese food. Yeah. But man, I, I don't know if I was telling you this, but there's this thing. Have you ever heard of like a rattlesnake roundup? Mm-mm. That's like a little festival that used to go on. I think it was in South Georgia somewhere because my, my stepdad took me to one at one point, man. And it's wild. They, they get all these rattlesnakes together and then they, you know, put like a little circle with some barriers and uh, they would uh, milk the snakes of venom. And people could just sit there and watch. And you're like, who goes to this? But we went, man. And we had a <laughs> So you, the whole... Wait a minute. Uh, so are you guys not eating the rattlesnake? 
your the sole purpose of this rattlesnake roundup is to get the venom. No, well, I didn't really know what the sole purpose was. <laughs> This sounds sketchy, bro. There was all types of stuff going on, but the rattlesnake oh, was the man. theme. And yeah, they did sell like corn dogs. Like corn <laughs> <laughs> they got corn dogs. Rattlesnake corn dogs. Milking. Hey, don't knock it to you. What try. were they doing with the venom? Like donating it to like South African doctors to like, I don't as, like know, man. Like, I don't I don't even know. I have to, I'd have to look it up because I was I so young. Go to this. this sounds <laughs> wild. I was young when that was going on, man. I God, yeah, like, how old were you? I'd say I was probably like 13, 12. Yeah. Oh, good, you know, good. I was, I was go. still a kid. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what would happen to my adulthood if I saw that, man. That's, yeah. I've seen some crazy stuff as a kid that you like kind of block out, but man, that would. Yeah. It was. I've seen now it that on I Nat think Geo. about it, I'm like, that was, that was pretty wild. Man. I mean, I don't, I don't know that. That's just weird. They did have uh, gator bites. Yeah, they had one concoction that someone's buddy or that Damon, one of his buddies had. It was like, like the house fries or like the house chips, and then it had mac and cheese on it, and then gator bites. I don't know who. I think that's more common though than like rattlesnake. Yeah, oh, I have one hundred percent. People eat gator all the time. Yeah, but I was like, man, where are they getting this gator from? I mean, it didn't bother <laughs> me, but it's like, or this like a backyard thing, and then it was like topped with like pulled pork and barbecue sauce and it was like literally a mound of food in like a little small tray hmm. he, he's like dude i couldn't eat all of it one of his buddies he's like no way <laughs> he said he said the gator was great he said but they, i could not eat i mean it's it's a fair in north carolina you get your money's worth yeah <laughs> you're hey. not you're not gonna finish your plate of fried any <laughs> and everything we got fried everything here baby anything you need that's pretty funny man so you uh you just got back from that, right? Uh yeah, that was this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You said you guys went to the Sarah Bareilles concert? Dude. Is that, that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I okay. believe so. So my girlfriend Jean, um, she got me I had kind of lit like everyone knows love song, like head under you know, they know that right. whole deal. And she's got a few other songs that were pretty prominent. I can't name them, like to people who who were listeners to her. And so I bought them for Gene's birthday, and I was like, man, let's just go. This is going to be great. Like, I'm a musician, of course. This is going to be super cool. And so they had, uh, I think her name was, em- it's either Emily or Eva King. I think it's Emily King. Like an R&B. It was like a drummer. She sang. They had a guitar player that sang backup, and then like a guy who played like keyboard. But they had like ran tracks the whole time. But then the way Sarah's setup was, and this was at the Opry House, um, not the rhyme, and it was confusing when I bought the tickets because, like, that you know, that's kind of like a weird mesh between the two. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, where is the Opry House at? The, the Opry House is like at behind like Opry Mills. Okay, so like Madame Tussauds, yes, yes, yes. okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, I didn't know the difference to be honest with you. I've honest, been to both of them, right? But I didn't know. Well, so literally on the email, like, you know, the day before, like, your show is coming up. It's like in bold letters at the bottom. It's like not at the Ryman, at the Opry House, at so Opry know. Mills Mall. Because, I mean, I'm sure that's happened to people, but her setup was like a circle on the stage. And she was in the middle with like a, a grand piano. And then she had a guitar player, two string players, an open seat for another string player, a keyboardist. 
that played. Then she had like a Mellotron and she played like a Nord. And then she had a drummer and then a bass player and then another guitar. But it was all in a circle. Okay. And they all kind of faced each other and didn't. That's pretty interesting. Like the guitar player like staged left. He didn't move at all. He stayed in the same spot, but sometimes he would turn into the band and sometimes he would turn out to the audience. Now, we also caught, this was like the second night of their tour. This was like they had played Detroit the night before and this was their second deal. So it was pretty raw just to see like this is like just getting rolling. And the way like her musicians, the bass player legitimately played like five instruments. Or he had five duties. He played upright, electric, bass, first violin, that's who the open chair was for, next to the string players. He sang background vocals the whole night, and he sang like a solo duet with Sarah from one of the songs that she did for her musical Waitress. He's a busy man. Yeah, it was honestly like mind-blowing. sounded And he wasn't, all of them did it. Yeah. The, except the string players, the two string players, I think it was like a, a violin and a cellist at all times. And then the drummer and the one, the guitar player that I was talking about the one on stage left, he, they stayed put. Hmm. The keyboardist, she moved and played grand and Sarah would play acoustic. Yeah. And, or she would play keys and then she'd sing backup the whole time. And the guitar player did the same thing. She went over and played bass when the bass player was playing violin. Wow. And she sang backup. Dude, blue her heavy, heavy hitters, dude. It blew my mind. That's pretty it's cool. Easily, it's easily what one of the concert. best shows. It's easily one of the best shows I've been to. Yeah. Not I didn't really care for the opener. Wasn't my really it was cool. It was I just didn't really care for it. It wasn't my thing. It wasn't there who I was there to see. Right. She was good. Killer voice. She's where'd from you, New York. Where'd you guys sit at? We sat like in the balcony. So we sat in like the middle or Kind of, it's not. I mean, it was kind of far back. Yeah. I mean, well, hey, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. yeah it is. Rhyming. I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely. I think we were maybe seven or eight rows from the back, maybe. Yeah. But it was like still like, it's not like you couldn't make out their faces or like make out, like they and they've got screens, you know, and all that. But like, I, it's not in a in a room like that. It's that intimate. You're not that far away from the people. Right. Right. On stage, but. That's a pretty unique uh, setup for there, though, too. Yeah, a circle. Literally, she and she was had... it moved closer to uh, any? Did they like do any modifications to the ground floor or anything? Or no, I think it was still the original floor because I think where where Sarah would stand to play guitar and like sing was either a little bit to the right of the circle or a little bit to the left. Yeah, I don't know if she was necessarily dead on. She could have been. I mean, the circle's dead on, so she was either probably standing on it or that's where the mic stand went. Yeah. Because, you know, they were probably still got some voodoo. Like, she can't stand, even on the covered Holy <laughs> Grail circle, they're like, no way. Like, no. <laughs> she's not a country. It was also weird to see a concert like that that wasn't the radio show. Yeah. Have so you, you, haven't, you haven't been to many like that? I've been to, the, I've been to that Opry House once as a radio show right which is majority of what they do there right? exactly yeah. Yeah, right and then i went to the where the opera used to be which we talked about it's just like this whole confusing i know man i'm not clearly i'm not a local and i'm sure 
people who are locals are just like, wow, well, you should know better <laughs> if you're a musician that's in town, you know, type thing. But yeah, I know I saw a show there because we sat in the pews. It may have been at the Ryman. It was like six or seven years ago. I could probably ask someone and they could tell me, but it was just odd seeing a show like that, but not the radio show. Yeah. It was all gone. All like the podium. It was just, it was her show. Gotcha. Okay. I got confused. I thought I got twisted because I thought you said that she had played at the Ryman and that's where you went to the Sarah show, but it was at, it was at the, the Opry, Opry house. house. Okay. Yes. My bad. No, no, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. It was at the Opry house. Yeah, man. That this is their plug. This is not sponsored. This is not sponsored. Yeah, this is not sponsored. But this is their plug. The Opera yeah. House. Check out a show. But I know you've been to some shows in the Rhyme. And what's what's your favorite? One of your favorite venues to go to in town that to go like listen to a show or something. I I like the Exit Inn. That's a pretty cool spot. I you know I I do like the Exit Inn. I think the uh, the basement there the one on Eighth. Right. That one is pretty dope. For the room that it is, yeah, I think that it's got some. I think it's got good sound. The guy who runs it, I can't think his name's Ben. That guy knows what he's doing, yeah, because it sounds great in there. I mean, the rhyming. I mean, it's like if 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 it's like one of those shows that like it's an artist that you follow and it's you saved up for it and like you are gun ho about it. There's nothing that beats that. Absolutely nothing beats the rhyming, dude. It's just the air, man. It's in the air. Man, it is, man. Me, uh, Phil Collins. Like, it's, it is, (laughs) I literally, Tedeschi Trucks Band's, like, one of my I've heard that seeing them there is, you know, spiritual. I cried almost the whole show. Yeah. Not even from, like, sadness or happiness or, it was just, like, almost a sense of, like, nirvana, dude. It was un, and I sat, like, in the balcony, I sat, like, on the, now, Granted, the, the Ryman is a lot more intimate than the Opry House is. It is, yeah. It's a lot tighter of a venue, which is cool. Ticket prices are a lot more expensive, which sucks. But that is what it is. But I sat, like, on the, I guess, like, stage right of the stage. I mean, it's... I was right there, like, on, like, Derek Truck's side. And, like, it... Man. People were, like, dancing and stuff. And, like, people were fighting all around because there's, like, this huge... I'm in the Desky Trucks fam group page on Facebook. You know it. No shame. Shout out to the TTB (laughs) fan group on Facebook, fam. Oh, gee. And there's been a huge debate about sitting and standing at concerts. Right. Especially to Desky Trucks fan concert. And it's, like, at festivals, no whole bar. Everyone should be able to do. But then it's, like, you pay $400 for two tickets to go see him at the Ryman and then these like two drunk frat boys are in front of you hammered off the $10 tall boys. Man, me and Amanda had a, an instance like that at the Ryman too. I remember you were telling yeah, me when it was uh, Gary Clark. Right. Yeah. And we were sitting there and, um, this guy and his friend or maybe his brother or something, they came and sat down beside us in the beginning of the show and everything was cool. And I could tell he had had a little bit to drink, but he definitely started, uh, to feel the effects a little bit more as the concert went on, and I didn't even I didn't even drink that night, and so I, I am a little sober, you know, but I'm just there to enjoy the music. So, right. um, man, he he just kept kind of falling over and and just messing with me a little bit, just kind of having a good time in his own world, but he forgot that you know everybody's <laughs> got a bubble, <laughs> and it's 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 the rhyming. It's not like you're yeah, out in the field. That too, and um. So, yeah, he just ended up, you know, he was slumped over by the end of the night. 
And I was thinking, I told Amanda, I said, he's not even going to remember that concert. That's my thing, Lynn. If you're going to pay 70, <clears throat> excuse me, like $85, $75, $85 plus on a ticket. Right. Just to be slumped at the end of the night. Yeah. You literally could have drank in your house or at the bar down the street from your crib <laughs> way cheaper. That's my thing. And it's. <sighs> to me, it made me think like maybe they were just some visitors in town and Gary's show was going on. And so they were like, okay, we're going to go see Gary Clark Jr. And, you know, tie the knot on for, you know, right. whatever reason they were celebrating. Probably a bachelor party. Ah, just two of them. Just riding <laughs> well, I mean, it out. I don't know. I mean, it could have <laughs> yeah. been like two boys like, man, screw the yeah. other guys. We're going to yeah. go. Hey, we got this. I remember I went, I, I saw a Little Feet there as oh, well. Oh, man. When was that? Oh, dude, honestly, cannot remember. It was... Man, November, March. I really, I honestly cannot even remember. I could probably look and tell you, but yeah, we sat on the floor, not like in the front, but we sat kind of back, kind this of is like at the under, yeah, still in the, yeah. yeah, still at the rhyming, like kind of under the balcony, right? So I mean, like you're, I think the balcony is the best. I was told by a, a mentor in school. I'm still friends with him. He's Bill Armour. He's like a, like a NASCAR correspondent. He's like a huge music buff. It's opened my eyes to a bunch of different music and. Damon's as well and it's he says the best seat in the Ryman is the balcony center section third row back so row C that's the best he said you know four and five's good too and he he literally he buys concert tickets all the time that's like his drug is going to shows and just buying tickets and he's like I've tried four I've tried five I've tried two I've tried six he's like three Rosie balcony. He's got it down to a science. Literally, he does. Like I think he's like part of like the scalping problem. He probably has his bot that like <laughs> any time that whatever he's ticket, just raking it in. Yeah, man. He's just like, oh, good, good job, guys. Yeah, <laughs> got another one. Yeah, but he's a ticket plug. I believe it. I think I saw one show. I can't remember who it was. Kind of close to there. Oh, I may have seen. Um, Yonder Mountain String Band. Okay. Have you ever yeah. listened to them? I have, yeah. Man, they're pretty good. They had a mandolin player. Me and Damon went, and we were kind of in the balcony in the kind of the middle section, and man, the mandolin player straight up burned all night. I mean, like, I mean, like the opening number was like... I mean, straight, I'm like, I'm sitting there like, dang, man, my man's hitting it hard. Like, at the opening, like, he's out here just shredding, he's just busting. blazing. Man, he's got like, this huge, like, man bun, and he's just, like, up there. Like, they're, like, standing, like, in a row of, like, just typical bluegrass set up, just straight in a row. And he's up there in the middle, just, like, banging his head and just, like, shredding mandolin on the first song. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is about to be ridiculous. It got to the, he literally did that every single song. <laughs> Freaking burnt. I mean, li- I mean, straight up like thirty, like sixteenth, thirty second notes over everything. I mean, just the whole time. Is and there it, a record like that? No, no, no. Yeah. No. If you go listen, because I, I listened to like, a little bit, not a whole lot. I was like, wait a minute. There's yeah. no way my man's out here shredding on the records like this too. Like, there's a difference. Like, you know, your studio stuff's like not dainty and cute, but it's like you know, you keep it tame. That the points, the lyrics, or like the melody of it's an instrumental not the pure carnage of shreddage and like the 
you go to the records and it's like bing 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 bing, <laughs> and you go see him live and he's up there just like just freaking going at it. I mean, dude, it was. It got to the point like my ears were overly tired. I don't even know. I wish I had a counter in my head that I knew how many notes that God played because he played over thousands and thousands of notes. Whew. If 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 they played with a drummer, he played more notes than the drummer. I swear, bro. <laughs> Come he, on now. Dude, he I'm telling you, the whole time, even in the verses, he was like doing some like It's the rhythm, man. I mean, I yeah, I understand that. And like he was still keeping the downbeat. Like he was like in the equivalent of like the drum world, like chopping, like gospel chops or just like right. yeah. you know, just a I don't do any of that, but it's like he was doing that while keeping the backbeat. He was like chopping on mandolin the whole time. It was it was crazy. Blew my mind. Never Blew, forget it. There's only been like two or three like musicians that I've seen that I've been like that yeah. just burned the whole time. It was him. I don't even know his name. It's like at that point, it's like I don't even want to know your name, dude. Cause like I just I would watch your videos all night laying in bed like one AM, like just listening to you shred some mandolin. <laughs> but there was a guy. Uh, I went to go see Turnpike Troubadours and the Black Lilies in Virginia. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it's my first legal beer at a show. Nice. Which was like pretty freaking substantial, I think. That's like a monumental deal for like, uh, uh, I feel as a player and as a person and as, at a show, it's like, yep. I got a beer. I didn't have to drink a few beers in the parking lot with yep. the beer that my buddy bought me. Didn't have to tailgate all day. Yeah, man. I have to tailgate in the parking lot at like the Virginia Salem Center. Yeah. <laughs> But the Black Lilies had this guy, his name, it's like Matt something. I'd have to look him up. He plays like an Ibanez, and he ripped, shredded, just like old boy Yonder Mountain the whole time. Like, he played so fast and so many licks. Like, I I want to show you. Like, he, well, I'll have to show you. He plays so fast, and he plays with this guy named Jeff Sipe out of Asheville, who's a drummer. Who's like recorded on like a like Warren Haynes stuff, and he's like pretty big in the Asheville community. He plays for him, and like, dude, they do a cover of like Inspector Gadget, and he's like, dude, straight up, and it's like, dude, why are you doing this? No one asked for this. Those, those are, those are literally probably the only two musicians that have just like overplayed their welcome. Really, but still, into the point that I'm just like, you they're good, man. Yeah, it's you like, love what it. can you, can't you say? Help but not love it. Sometimes it's like you know, you're in your car and you just gotta like just blow the end. Just like you just gotta floor. You're just like, ah! you gotta let it Dude, out. Those guys, get the let th- out. those are the two people that I would like. That's who I would get the let out with. Yeah. Like I'll just be like, ah, just play all the <laughs> notes you can as fast as you can, please, please, please. <laughs> but man, those two guys. I wish I knew their names. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, shreds making me want to go to a show. Man, I know. I want to go to a show too. I don't really know. I actually went to a show Monday. Yeah. Um, at Twelve Tap Tap Room. Yeah, Twelve South Tap Room. Okay. On Twelve South. Yeah. Over on the uh, like. I feel like I've been there. I think so. You know where Five Daughters Bakery is? is isn't that over near Two Ten Jacks? Mm-hmm. In East? Is it in East? No, it's not in East. It's over more like by like Woodbine and like mm. kind of like on my side of town, like yeah. on the like the. Uh, Barry, Barry Hill. It's yeah. like, uh, it's actually, apparently, I don't know where I live clearly. It's actually <laughs> closer to Belmont. Okay. It's like a block over from Belmont Boulevard. Gotcha. 
excuse me, and I people are like, you mean the one by Belmont? And I'm like, what? It's like 10 minutes from my house. I don't really realize how close I am to Belmont. Yeah. Like, I'm like 10, 15 from it. Right. <clears throat> but I don't realize how close 12 South is from there. Yeah. But so... um, I think originally I was thinking of Belcourt Taps, I think. Oh, yeah, that's over by, like, Vanderbilt, kind of like in the middle, by the uh, Sushi 88. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I went to a round or two there before. Yep. That place yep. is wicked, too. It is pretty cool. It's a nice little spot to get a beer. And it's definitely a cool spot to do a round. Like, they've definitely got it Oh yeah, it's, it's set up It's always well. been um, a great built-in crowd there. Um, anytime Seriously. I've done a round there, or gone and listened to anybody, you know? I've seen, like, I follow... Uh, Ben Sear, who's the drummer for Brad Paisley, mm-hmm. I followed him and he's played with a guy and he's literally set up like a kick drum and a snare, like facing, like if the audience is facing north, he would face his drum kit like east, like okay. away from them, like but still like perpendicular, like uh, he was parallel with the stage. Yeah, like he was forward. like facing the right. musicians, not the crowd. Yeah, so he could get it in there. That was probably a horrible explanation. I'm terrible at directions. But he would just like <laughs> sit in there like that. And it's like, you can fit it in there. And like, I mean, he's a pro player cl- clearly. So he could definitely play that room like that. But, um, but yeah, 12, uh, Kenny Vaughn, who was Marty Stewart's guitar player. Yes. And Dave Rowe, who was Johnny Cash's last bass player. And the drummer, I am going to be bad and pull my phone out and look his name up because I follow him. And I've seen him probably five or six times at 12 South. His name is Jeffrey Clemens. Uh, his Instagram is underscore the house man. The house man. And I saw him play with Jack Pearson, who, um, have you ever seen Jack or know who Jack is? No, I'm not familiar with him either. I'm, I'm, probably gonna give a good, I'm not going to give a great explanation of him. I've seen him play. I know at some point he was in a part of played with was doing things with the Allman Brothers band Mm -hmm. kind of when like Derek I think it was when Derek was playing slider kind of in so it had to be like 1994 post 1994 it could be pre someone who may listen is probably just gonna be like screw that guy I don't know he's talking about but he played Jack Pearson played with Charles Treadway who's an organist like B3 player and Jeff or Clemens they played, and, like, Jack's got a killer voice. Like, he can sing. And that Jeff guy, he played drums and sang the whole night. Like, straight up, he is, like, the epitome, like, singing drummer, like, blues. Like, got a killer voice and nice. would just, like, lay in the pocket. But, dude, almost every Monday they've got, like, a blues night or something going on there. I've seen, like, Guthrie Trap play there. I've seen Pete Abbott play there. Like, drummer from the average white band who's in town. Seen him play there multiple times. I mean, it's, like... I feel like one of the secret spots in town where you go on like a Monday night at like eight o'clock and there's heavy hitters in there. Man, there's there's so many places like that. I feel so like that's it's hard to keep up with because there is. are so many. Like you just walk in, like like Rudy's Jazz Room, right? That's another hot. I mean, I don't really listen to jazz like that, but I've never been in there. But me and Amanda have been wanting to go and check out some oh, music. Man. I've heard great things about it. I saw a show of Charles Wig Walker who does the uh, Acme Soul Brunch. He's like a soul singer. I have heard of that, yeah. Okay, so Pete plays with him normally, and so does Charles Treadway, the organist, who plays at 12 Sound. Like they just kind of, they normally kind of play together. But I saw Wig at 12, or at, excuse me, at Rudy's, and it was like a $5 show. And it was like, I think it was me, Damon Atkins, and Tim Avon, and we were walking in there, and it was 
mind-blowing. Pat Bergeson and Robin Ford sat in and played guitar. Dude, it's like... That's the thing with like Nashville's like almost every concert you go to in town is a two for one. Somebody's gonna come sit in. Somebody's gonna be like We're spoiled, man. I mean, John Mayer played the Bridgestone and freaking Chris Stapleton walked out <laughs> and then wrote they, they wrote, wrote a, a song, song together. together. I know. Jean come gets on. sick of me listening to that. She my girlfriend hates it when I listen because I literally will just play it and it's like the same YouTube video over and over again. <laughs> But, you got it in your favorites. Yeah, absolutely. I could probably pull it up right now and be like, Siri, play that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> straight up, man. It's We're spoiled, man. We are. And gosh, it's like you said, you can just go out any night of the week. And it doesn't matter where you go. So, you know, you have a, a great chance of hearing some great music. I mean, I'd say majority of the time you're going to hear some great music. There's great players here. And I mean, it's Music City. You know, I think it would be, it would be silly to... Uh, move here and not want to listen to music you know or be one of those people that that sits at home like every single night for months or uh you know it's just you got to get out there and enjoy that stuff yeah man. some of the some of the best players in the world are here yeah <laughs> straight up straight i up. mean that's it's a fact yeah i mean i've only been in town like a year and going on a month now but like that's how like when i first moved to town that's how it was like i just stayed inside i was like Jesus, Lord, what am I doing? This is not... Like, you know, I went to some shows, but, like, man, that's the thing is, like, there are shows... We could put the headphones down right now and go drive to any of the places that we've mentioned, excluding, like, the Ryman and the Opry, and we we could go to the Five Spot, we could go to the Local, we could go to Exit In, we could go to the Basement, the Basement East. I mean, it's endless. That's not even counting anything on this side of town, on the west side. Yeah. I love that, man. It's un... It's would would you say that's probably a you know obviously you moved here to do music but you know moving here did you expect like cuz for me like I had visited a couple times but you obviously have different thoughts when you're getting ready to move you know what i mean especially mm-hmm. out of state cuz you're from North Carolina yep and mm-hmm. you know i mean what was what was going through your head did you expect you know what what you got to when you got here or I had full intentions of walking through the gates of Nashville, whatever a figment imagination that you come up with, and whoever the gatekeeper is just bending me over his knee and just spanking me, just literally beating that (laughs) ass because literally everybody in town is absolutely crazy. They're all crazy players. Yeah, I had full... I knew when I moved to town that I was A, going to become better because you have no choice in a town like this that's oversaturated, competitive, just a huge market of musicians. I knew I was going to get better, but a sublet of that was that I knew I was going to, like, you know, you don't. it's not like getting put in your place because I feel like I'm a pretty good player, but, like, you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of get, you figure out what. It's, it's a reality check. You, you exactly. You yeah. figure out what like notch in the belt you're going to be in for right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that notch may be a two, three year notch. It may be a year notch. It just literally I mean everybody says it. it's not what you know. It's who you know, and that's abs. You know, give or take. I've definitely heard some musicians play that are in really, really good gigs. That I'm like, 
how in the hell are you up there, dude? Because well, you know, there's always like so much more to oh, it. Oh, absolutely. It's the hang, and that's the thing. It's well, the not hang even that. Like they could, they could be, you know, the sister of the lead singer's brother. Or exactly. Something like that. There's, there's you know? always a deeper, but it, it comes back to who you know. <laughs> the it, sister of the lead singer's brother. <laughs> <laughs> this is, the, this is a band based out of yeah, Bama baby, Bama. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I mean, it's. I had it's exactly what I expected. I think the thing that like the misconception that people talk about too is like it is a five year town. Yeah. Like don't. Any, I think it's more than that. I, I mean, think it is, and too. it is. It I, you can't put a you can't put a number on it. Obviously, no, hell no. You know, but absolutely not. I, you know, would would say that it's. You never know. You just don't know. You know. You can say ten years, but you got to have that mindset. I think. And I think maybe for some people that have a hard time committing to maybe living here forever, here 10 years, and they're like, okay, well, I can at least do that, I think, you know? Yeah, man. But you got to, like, I I don't know. I'm just here because I want to be here. And I love being here. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, I think. Right. That's the thing is, like, the people who are in it for here for, like, the long haul, that being... I'll call that like seven, ten years. That's like a chunk of your life. That's a oh yeah, a seventh of your life if the life expectancy is seventy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that's a chunk of your life. Like those people are the ones that are like committed and trying to figure out what's the difference between the Opry and the Ryman, or like you know they're the ones that are here that are gonna put in that quote unquote like five year grind. It's more of like a mindset of like you know if it's like in college. Like, you have a paper due on Friday. You're probably going to start on Thursday. Yeah. Well, if you knew that paper was going to be due on Wednesday, you would have started way earlier. Like, you set your goal for Friday. So, you in your mind, like, saying, like, five-year plans. Like, you set your goal, like, in 2024, 20, I expect to be playing stadiums. Like, you know, that kind of mentality. And, like, that, I don't know if that may happen. But then also, it could be completely different. Like, that's the thing is it's... You, you got to have your goals, though, you know, like oh. you're saying. And I think that's what's important, too, because if you don't have a vision, then you don't really have a roadmap, you know, where you're going. Absolutely. Man, Jean's grandmother, uh, her sweet soul, she's in South Carolina. She lives in Columbia, like West Columbia. And she's like, I don't know, 83, 4, you know, she's like in her mid-80s, and she has a beautiful garden. She grows collard greens, broccoli, squash, like anything that I've ever had at her house that's a vegetable, 95% of it has come out of the garden. Every morning, she sets, she makes a list for herself. She makes a list of like what she has to do. Like she's got to go out and trim the greens or she has to work on the compost. And it's like, I asked her, I said, you know, how long have you been writing a list? And she said, every day of my life. She said, that's what keeps me going because I have goals for the day. And I was wow. like, ah, 25, almost 25, wow. like complaining about what I got going on. My girl's out here sweating South Carolina muggy heat, growing some of the best vegetables I've ever eaten, writing down on her notepad what she's supposed to do. Man. That has been an inspiration to me just because, like you said, setting goals. Right. Yeah. She's setting super short-term goals for the days. And, of course, she probably has long-term goals. Like, she wants to expand the garden or do something, like, longer-term projects. But, man, it's just... And it's like you said, she she or she said, she doesn't 
like she looks forward to that. Yes. And when you when you have that mindset too, I think it becomes a habit and a passion mm-hmm. for you. So you yes. know, like you said, I think for her, she looks forward <laughs> to getting up every morning and doing her list and going out there and checking the garden. And it's you know, it's it's burned in her brain. That's something she enjoys doing. It's just the the daily grind. Right. That's like what I've been like like my two like She probably doesn't even think about that. Absolutely not. You know. She gets up and she pets her sweet smoky, like a Siberian husky, talks to him, probably drinks some coffee, and she's like, to the garden. And she probably goes out there with her notepad and looks down and she's like, All right, that's what I gotta do. Yeah. I mean of and course enjoys every second of it. Absolutely, dude. She some of the vegetables she's grown out of there, man, I mean I've literally I've never seen broccoli grown in a home garden like that before. It blew my mind. I was like, what? This lady's <laughs> out here growing broccoli? Like, that's next level to me. Yeah. Like, home gardens means, like, squash or, like, peppers and lettuce yeah. or, like, onions. But right. Broccoli? Man, that's past me. That is. <laughs> that's on another level. Dude, for real, man. That's That ain't me. That's that's Man, gardens are a lot of work. They are, but they're so therapeutic. Very rewarding. Very. I gardened some at my mom's place back in North Carolina. Right. We had like a little, like four little plots that you could get at Lowe's and like put them together. And we grew like jalapenos and pimentos and I think bell peppers, onions, radishes. We had strawberries. And it's such, that's like, you could relate that to like the Nashville goal of like, you plant your seed and sow it, and it will grow into this beautiful plant that you can enjoy, like that kind of BS. But it's beautiful, yeah, man. Gardening. I mean, literally, I had already moved here, and my mom was like on the tail end of the season. Yeah, and she harvested the jalapeno plant. We had one jalapeno plant, and she harvested thirty peppers from that one plant. Dang! Talk about rewarding. She froze them, pickled. She pickled some, or I pickled some of them. Yeah. And then froze some of them, dude. Man, I've been wanting to do some jalapenos so bad. I, I slipped on it this year because we moved in May from the apartment in, into the house. And I was like, man, I'd really love to just grow some jalapenos. And uh, my buddy back home in Florida, he, he grew some. And I was like, man, that, that'd probably be one of my favorites because I, I just love spicy stuff, man. Right. I'll put it on anything. I think it's crazy, too, that like jalapenos, I didn't realize it. I don't know if you know this, maybe you do, but jalapenos, if you leave them on the vine longer, they'll turn colors. They'll turn red, and then they'll turn black. Okay, so they don't they don't even hit And them. they get hotter. So right. You, if, I think I have read that before. So it's like they, they, they like will advertise stuff as like pickled red jalapeno. Okay. That is going to be a hotter jalapeno than that green one. Because gotcha. that is literally is a jalapeno that's been sitting on the vine longer. Right. If you get a jalapeno, we like put some off the vine and let them sack. If you let them sit on the counter, they'll turn red and then they'll turn black. Yeah. They're yeah. not bad if they're black. They're just muy caliente. They are super <laughs> hot. They're hot, man. <laughs> they're crazy. Like I had one, like a little, you know, I took a slice of it raw. I'm like, I don't know how hot this is. Man, it was hot. Hot stuff. You know, a red, a red jalapeno is enough for you to be kind of like, yeah, like, oh, that's a good little kick to it. The black one was like, oh, God, <laughs> can't breathe. Yeah, straight up. I mean, but like pickled it, so good. Vinegar and a little bit of sugar and some water. Yeah, man. I love pickled jalapenos, man. Man. Ooh, I love it. Man. 
Speak, speaking of spicy stuff, dude, uh, what's up with the chili cook-offs this year? We're gonna <sighs> we're gonna try to redeem Man, redeem our efforts. I have been pondering on this chili first. <laughs> <laughs> It's been like the one. Talk about like projects and like grinds that I've had since being in town. This you gotta block out some chi- days. This freaking chili has driven me up a wall <laughs> since we've been doing it, and it's not even like an unenjoyable wall that I'm like, screw this. I, like it is enjoyable to me because it's like a puzzle to me. It's like been I taunting wanna, you, man. I will admit. I should have. This was my mistake. Dude, I should we have. We were all a part I of mean, that. I mean, yeah, we were all for it, but I slash parentheses and really lowercase we <laughs> should have looked up a three gallon chili. Yeah. For, so for those who don't know, this competition was at Tailgate on the west side. Tailgate Brewery, great beer, great pizza. And I had, I'm like, not to toot my own horn, but in college, I'm an award-winning chili chef. Well, second place, whatever. Award-winning. Yeah, according to Catawba College in Salisbury. Go, cat you, baby. Um, got second place from a chili. So, you know, I know my way around like a chili pot, and you had to make three gallons of chili. Now, when we did the competition in college, it was a crock pot. Yeah, a lot less. <laughs> Man, so much less. Like, I think it was like one of the bigger crock pots. You know, like, I think that's like... Like two and a half quarts, maybe. Yeah, I think that's maybe I don't like know. a gallon, two, like two quarter gallon, maybe. Like you know, it's a, it's a a decent amount of chili, right? But when they were like three gallons of chili, I was like, God, that's a bunch of chilies. You know, I'm like doing the recipe. I have the recipe for the crock pot, and what I should have done, which I know now, is I should have taken and looked on El Goog and found a three gallon chili recipe and taken the ingredients that. We had already compiled and translated it. So in that chili, they maybe have six cans of beans where we had like four, you know? Yeah, don't they, don't they have websites, that, like some of those cooking websites, you can change the recipe if you need to, like within oh, man, the website? probably. I've, yeah. See, I've never had to like, I don't cook in mass quantities. Right. I mean, who the hell makes three gallons of chili unless you I got like, a college. family of 10? Yeah, I, exactly. Like I'm not out here, like I'm cooking for me and my girlfriend. And like if we have like... Man, two we, of our buddies over and we cook for four people it's like then you that's an easy expansion just get another pound of meat now that i think about it we probably didn't even make like two and a half i don't it was pretty low i felt compared to i other knew people. that we were a sank the homeboy that got second that had the cheese chili <sighs> i don't think he had three gallons either dude this stuff was great though that that's just a lot to unpack and all of that. Yeah, my man with and, the and, white chili. And, you know, after having a kid the night before. Yes, so. my man had a kid. My man came in <laughs> here, and those, dude, those judges were like, my man needs to take uh, this money home so his wife doesn't kill him. Yeah. Bro, she just had a baby. Dude. Yeah, they, Gene, they pretty much saved that relationship. Gene would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be straight I up. wouldn't have a house She's to probably come home to, man. I'm probably cursing right now. She would kill me. Yeah. Because, I mean, dude, my man literally walked in, and he's like... He had the bracelet. He literally had a bracelet. Hospital band on. I straight up asked him. I was like, yo, man, did you you go to the hospital recently? Were you visiting? He's like, no, I just had a baby. And I was like, what? Yeah, through me. I'm like, I'm out here drinking a beer at like 1045, and you just had a freaking kid, dude. Like, Threw me for a loop, bud. Man, I knew we were a sunk ship, 
when people would come back and they would say, "Can we get some of the broth?" That's it was like it was like oh. it was like a steak in the heart. I was like, "Oh no, it's broth! It's all broth!" I thought the flavor was there. I thought all the components were there. They're like, "I'm gonna bring my Pyrex. Do you mind if I get some of that broth just to take home?" I'd have and- sold it to them if they if if they, if they wanted that bad. I'd have been like. There were a couple people that said, you know, if if there was a uh, what it, what do they call it, like a just a participant choice or whatever. Oh, like a uh, like a crowd vote. Yeah, exactly. Crowd vote. Like, we had a few, but you know, they came up and said that also, they would have voted for us. The but. guy who won was literally called like Napalm Nashville, and his chili was it was like hot, greasy beef. It was very hot. It was very very hot, and he won. And yeah. I didn't know they wanted. Hot ass competition chili. That was yeah, straight. We would have comp- stepped it up a notch. Because my thing is, if whenever I'm cooking for people, I try to make it mild. Yeah. Well, if you it, never know. If it is supposed to be hot. Right. Exactly. Some people maybe they've got like some heart con- like somebody's coming over for dinner for the first time and they've got some heart condition where they can't have like heat like that. Because like, some people just can't eat heat like that. I want to know, you know, or that kind of thing. I make it mild, and then it's like I'll put hot sauce on it. If I knew they would have wanted it hotter, I'd use a hot, a hell of a lot hotter pepper. And one of them red black peppers. Yeah, I'm, but see now, it's like the line of I don't want to burn them up, <laughs> make them pay revenge, just yeah. make the absolutely just like hottest chili yeah. you can make. Dude, I've got some scorpion hot sauce at the house. Just oh, straight up man. dunk that in there. Just no burn them. I wouldn't ruined. do that. That would just, <laughs> I have way too much integrity. I'm not going to make bad chili. I, just, I, oh. I can't do that, man. Then we're definitely getting last place again. <sighs> I know, man. Damn. Whatever. Well, we, have, we, have, we have time, though. We do. We do. I think we learned, you know. We went. Yeah. We hung out, you know. We had a crowd, though. People People can't talk smack, dude. We literally had like 15 or 20 people at the whole time, I think from like 11 to 2 come through. Yeah, our booth had a party going on. Easily, That's all I can say. Dude, beers were going back and forth. We had a disco ball. Dude, it was wild. Strobe lights. (sighs) It was was a good time. I enjoyed it, dude. It was, absolutely, it was a great time. I definitely enjoyed it. Definitely will do it again. Yeah. What do you think about getting into a barbecue competition? Oh, man. I know. Dude, barbecue. It's a lot of work. Barbecue is a lot of work because there are people that have been doing this crap for years. But they have like the backyard, um, the backyard league. It's like under. Oh, yeah. Like the Kansas like City the barbecue. Franklin has, one, yeah. Yeah. And you can, I forget what it's called. It's just called the yeah, back, I think, backyard. Yeah, I think it is called backyard. Something. They have like the, like the professional like competition and they have just backyard. Right, right. I mean, I feel like backyard. I feel like some of the meats that you have produced could easily stand. See, dude, I just feel like with competitions, it's it's just based on like that day what that individual felt like Absolutely. eating, you know, and his it's taste gold. buds. It's it's just it's chance. It's, yeah. it's literally chance. It's just a good time. We'll take a six pack and exactly. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like hang out. Some people are like really like deep and hard and heavy into it but like people like us we're just like we just made some barbecue and we just (laughs) y'all want to try some here it is dude that that's pretty much what that chili was in school we literally just drank and i enjoyed the chili you made that we made you know it tasted good dude i i thought it was pretty good i mean i kind of want some right now i told gene i told gene i'm bad again looking at my phone but the 
the weather is supposed to get pretty cold. The weather Friday it's supposed to be eighty tomorrow, eighty two, forty five, whatever and this Ooh, whatever 45? this week is. Okay. Saturday is supposed to be sixty three with a low of thirty nine. Okay. Saturday is probably gonna be chilly day for me. I think I may be making my first batch of chili for the year. There we go. I make a few because, you know, chili gets old. Chili. Man, we don't ever make it enough. Like Amanda's, she's not a huge fan of it. So, I mean, we don't make a lot of stews or stuff like that in general. But maybe now that it's getting colder, we might we oh, might man. start making some. I make, Gene's wanna make, Gene wants to make like a butternut squash soup. Oh, that sounds good. Um, there's like a Tuscan soup recipe that I've got from her dad that uses like hot Italian sausage and like kale. Yeah. And it's like cream based. It's like supposed to be spicy and like really feel it's like got potatoes in it and everything. Uh, thick, <laughs> it's like a thick, warm, Good stuff. spicy. Like you literally, you get hot Italian sausage and then you cook it with red pepper flakes. Yeah. It's just hot. Man. But yeah, I think Saturday... Maybe chilly day for me. Maybe. Gene wants to hang out, but I think it may be chilly day for me. She may, right. She's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be so mad, man. But, what it, but you know. Hey, it is what it is. It is. Chilly season's coming. It is coming. Yeah. Chilly season is. Man, I wanted to ask you this. Did you, uh, did you go to Segway as well? I did not. No. I did not go to Segway. Yeah. I just knew a bunch of people in there. Yeah. I mean, okay. mainly like Damon Atkins, and I knew that first class. I knew Silas Boyle, and I knew Jenny Pettigrew, and I knew Cameron Johnson, the guy that was over it. And I had already met Pete Abbott, who was there. I'd kind of already known Guthrie, because it was through Catawba, like it was Catawba-based. Yeah. So like we always heard about it at campus like the headquarters <laughs> in like Salisbury because my was still relevant in the music department. And then I went and washed up. So <laughs> it definitely yeah. comes to point like, years ago, second semester, senior year. Yeah. I'm definitely washed up. Don't call me for anything. I'm done playing. <laughs> I just want to sit at home and play video games and ride senior Man, year out. I'll say one thing I'm jealous of you with is being able to read music and like you transcribe <laughs> as, as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Mildly. That's, man, that stuff is like the hardest arithmetic to me. I mean, yeah, I guess it's like easy for me to say just because like yeah, I understand, but it's it's like not as it's I hate it's like I hate people that say things are like easy, like that just always makes it because like it's easy to me and that already puts you in a position like, oh, he thinks it's easy. So when I start to go do it, it's going to sound but like, well, you studied it, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I studied yeah. it for like four years. So I mean, it's like it was kind of ingrained in me. But man, learning just like the note names and just even just doing Mary had a little lamb and sitting at a piano or like writing it down, like, you know, getting like your key and or playing on a guitar or doing, you know, however, because like I think like a piano, like some people think theory like, Damon, he thinks theory on a guitar. He right. thinks on the yeah. guitar neck and shapes like that because that's his primary instrument. Well, I'm a drummer. We don't have that. Drummers are dumb. We don't have, you know, that's the whole myth. Drummers are like the dummies of the bands and all that. But I think like a piano because that's just, I had to take piano classes and like I had to do songwriting in school. So I had to write on something and I was, I could play a G chord and an E chord and a D chord on guitar, but that's about it. Yeah. <clears throat> like piano is definitely more proficient for me. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely studied it, and 
I had to take like, take like an oral skills class that, you know, they tap out a rhythm or, and that was the easy, that's easy to me. That's the easiest part or like the most easiest for me. Like if they just tapped out a rhythm, like one and uh, two, like that, it's just, then they'd like play a melody and be like, all right, write it out. Yeah. And you have to get the rhythm and the melody and like they'd play it three or four times, but it wasn't nearly like the things that like Berkeley and mess, man, those cats are like North Texas. My buddy, he's studying jazz at a uh, university of Tennessee. Go Vols. They're doing, having a great football season. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. About as good as Florida state. So. About as good as Tennessee Titans too. Yeah. Um, he's studying bass and he said he has to transcribe a bass piece every week. And he's like doing like jazz, like doom, 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 you know, just like oh, yeah. crazy Getting fast walking bass lines. Right. And I'm like, dude, that sucks. Like the like the most transcription stuff that I'll like transcribing things that I'll do is like it's mostly like singer songwriter, and it's mainly just like just like piano chord, like chord, 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 chord. So I mean, it's and then you just listen to the vocal line. And like it takes people who do it all the time, of course, can just you know rattle it off. But you know, I sat there and like you know I'd plunk down the piano like da 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 da, like make sure I had it written out right, play it back, and just you know you gotta be thorough with that stuff. I mean, it's like doing taxes; <laughs> you gotta make sure because like getting into the details. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you gotta get rhythms and like she didn't really care about dynamics, and then you gotta go in and like type in lyrics to fit them up with the rhythms and like that's when you really realize if your rhythms are right. Because then if you're doing stuff, I literally have sat there and stared at measures. Just like, what am I doing wrong? Straight up. I mean, it's some complicated stuff. It is. I mean, that's, I mean, people who pay for it, I mean, it's not like a, you know, it's about like coding. I mean, it's like a, do you, do you feel like it helps you? Cause obviously in the studio, when you're charting something out, that's probably a little bit different than you transcribing something. Right. Mm hmm. So you, yeah, because like the charting deal, that's just you're just thinking like. All right, all right. Do you do you use the Nashville number system? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's, that's I know your, I know how to. I mean that's your main source of charting. I definitely call chords and like things like in groups. Like if it's yeah. one of the, like that situation, like I'm I'm one of those drummers. I'm not like an idiot, you know. Like like we just you know, <laughs> dude. One of the worst drummer jokes my one of my professors told me in school. He was like, "How do you know if a drum riser's level?" If drools come out of both sides of a drummer's mouth, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, get out of here, bro. I mean, man, I don't like. I've, I've literally taken like six theory classes here. Like, yeah, I know how to apply it. I'm, I need to learn the Nashville number system. That's something I need to to get down. It's it's not complicated. I just don't work at it. You know. Yeah, it's definitely that's the thing too with like transcribing or like even and, even even playing. And I don't do like a ton of session work, so it's not mm -hmm. like really that it. It'd be nice to know when you go into a rehearsal or whatever, though. It's good to just have too, now, especially here. See, some like I've gone in like to different. Like I don't record a lot, but like I've done a few sessions since being in town. Like some of them, it's you do rehearsals and then you go in and record, or they send you a recording and then they'll give you a chart when you get there. That's like a roundabout way, and then that's where you kind of like make notes about things. Because I think like as a drummer. Like a musical drummer, like, you know, the whole point is to play the song the best that you can, like, whatever, for that song, like, that the artist wants in that type of setting. But then also, like, 
pulls or pushes and stops and like endings or I feel like that's I think like a I think form. I think that's my main thing. Like even like going into a session, a lot of the times I don't think about the chord necessarily. I do like a like a Nashville drum chart. It's like I'd put the chords in sometimes, but the majority of it it's like intro eight. It's eight bars. Verse one, eight pre-chorus four chorus yeah. eight stop on the seventh bar like just like tip you know what i'm saying like that i think like form because i can already kind of tell by ear what chords they are even if it's in the moment of like playing and it's like oh we're gonna stop on the four chord right there and then walk down from the five to the one coming yeah. back in you know what i'm saying like enough that i can like talk to the guitarist and the bass player and they'd be like Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, this guy knows what's up. Yeah. I also feel that um, just from when I'll see, like, you know, old sheets or reading about some online or something, everybody's uh, brain works a little bit differently with the chart. So mm-hmm. somebody might write it how they interpret it compared to, you know, the bass player or the guitar player or something or whoever else in the band. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty unique, I think. And that It's just a creative little system that was invented, you know, to do stuff like that. And it seems like it freaking helps a ton. I mean, it just makes it quick. Yeah. I mean, that's that was the whole point of it. The whole point of it was if you went into a session and the song was an E and it was too high for you, they could bump it to D and not have to go in and be like, oh, shit, i got to go out and erase all my notes. I got to – the numbers are already there. Like, I did that. I'm like, I haven't written a song in forever. And so, like, I literally like, – I, I like I like writing progressions – I feel like that's like my one of my strengths of like quote unquote writing. I don't write with people. It's mostly just me in my bedroom and my cat sitting there listening to me. Does it, does Chili get a co-write <laughs> percentage? Sometimes it depends if he like meows on melody or not. Gotcha. So uh, yeah. it's strictly performance. Yeah, it's, based. yeah, it's strictly mechanical probably <laughs> if that's what it's going to get down to. But um, it was oh man, lost train of thought. Yeah, <laughs> talking about writing. Uh, writing this song. Yeah, we were just talking about transcribing and the number system and everything. But. Oh yeah, I was. I, there's like a like a song that I've been writing, and so I had only learned it in like E, like what everybody. That's like the easy. I think one of the one of the one of the easier keys to think in because that's like that's what a guitar tunes to, and it's like the the first except for like B that sucks on the guitar, but that's like just I think easiest for me to think, and so I like did it, but then I was like, oh, I want to change the key of it. And so I had to go through and like write the numbers in, like just like on my notepad on my phone. And then I like started doing it and I was like, oh gosh, I got to, th- oh man, like I got to, th- oh now like I'm in D and now I'm like, I'm like, oh well, I only want to take it down a half step. Now I got to think in E flat and I'm like, oh no. So my piano has a uh, setting that you can transpose. So I cheated Boom. today and I was like, all Darn. right, I'll learn it in this. Now that I figured out what key I want to do it in, I'll learn it. And that's, yeah. i used to write a lot in college yeah i used to be in like a songwriting class we had like write a song every week nice like on different topics that's awesome it was like he was like find an article in the paper that's that's really cool it's so i wish i did that like i wish i would sit down and be like okay i'm gonna discipline myself to write one song a week because you know i'm not necessarily a muse guy and the muse you know comes often if i were to say that but it's more so of a, just it's kind of got to be like a whole vibe for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have to get like lost in it. But oh, to have yeah. that, but to have that discipline, 
you know, and, and somebody putting a, you know, a deadline on you and say, hey, we need a song a week. <laughs> that that goes a long ways, you know. That's it was, pretty cool. It was, it was for class. It was like, it's the guy that I like, I do like finale work for a guy like, that's more of like doing copyist work. That's more of like, he gives me sheet music of like his handwriting and then I'll put it into the program to make it look like actual sheet music. Yeah. So it's not like transcribing. It's more of just straight up copying. Back in the day, they did it just by hand. They would write it out. They would like get really, really bad chicken scratch and then people with really good handwriting would go in and write it, make it look better. Hmm. Like before they had like finale and everything. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, which is super cool. I mean... That's like one how my professor started out. He's like, I was a copyist in L.A. Damn. I was like, dude, that sucks. I, <laughs> I have it bad on the computer, man. He's got that carpal tunnel. Dude, hell yeah, he does. He played saxophone, yeah. and he did copyist work. Dude, got to have messed up hands. Man. Got to have it. I tell you. Well, dude, this has been fun, man. Dude, yeah, man, I enjoyed it. What's you on a while. I know, it has been a while. What you going to do the rest of the evening? Uh... I don't know. Probably go hang out with Gene. I've kind of been like doing things like at night. Yeah. So I had like I've had like a rehearsal and then I've had like a, a show or something. And so I'm really hang out with her. So these like next two days we're going to go see Hocus Pocus tomorrow at Tailgate. Oh, there you go. If you want to go, if you want to come hang out and drink some beer. I think actually me and Will and his girlfriend are going to go to the the full moon picking party. Oh, I heard um, about that as well. Yeah. Have you ever been? Mm-mm. I'm looking forward to it. So. But yeah. Damon's girlfriend and Jean's girl, or Jean's girlfriend, RJ's girlfriend, Jean. That's <laughs> <laughs> they both like Halloween and like Hocus Pocus. So we're that's like, cool, we're gonna get some brownie points for this, and we're gonna go. Have you guys ever ever come out here for that? Not for the. I mean, I've come out to this tailgate to drink and oh like, yeah, all yeah, that, of but I haven't come out. Uh, I went out for no, actually no, nothing yeah. of that nature. I know, you know, obviously Riley and Jeremiah live around here, but that's. Dude, that place gets packed on those movie nights. That's pretty crazy. It's cool. I know. We're going to go. We're, I think we're, I think it's like at 7.30. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool, man. If uh, if we get out, you guys are still there. Dude, yeah, we'll, man. We'll catch up with you guys. But uh, nothing else really going on. Playing like the 28th with Lone Hollow. There you go. These next two weeks, I'm kind of open for right now. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure something will Something usually falls through. It's of some kind, just some random off gig. I, oh, I have that reconnecting roots thing. Yeah. I have to go be yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You were telling me about that. I have to go be a scraggly musician or a scraggly musician <laughs> for PBS. So. Put on a fake beard. I know. That's why, dude. I sent it in, and Gene's like, "You're not gonna get that. You can't grow any <laughs> facial hair." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I've got long hair. Like, They'll probably get yeah. me in. They'll probably be like, oh, that girl Larissa emailed me back, and she was like, "You are the good look. You're you have a good look.'" And I was like. Thank you. <laughs> see you Tuesday. Thank you, Larissa. Yeah, see you Tuesday at 9.30. <laughs> so, doing that, and then I got a show November 2nd and November 9th. Cool, man. So I'm going to try to get out to one of those. I, th- sure. I think the second, I think we're playing 15 minutes down the road from each other. On we're, November 2nd? We're playing 2nd? in Louisville. Really? We're playing Goodwood Brewing Company. Shut up. Dude, yeah, we lit. <laughs> Are y'all going to have to leave right after that? I don't know. I don't know what our deal is, because we're playing Dude. like a three-hour like it's like a cover gig. We gotta get up. We're we're playing a cover gig too. Yeah, it's pretty long. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's like I can't remember. I think it's like from like thing like maybe either nine to eleven or twelve or either seven to something. It's like a three hour window. But yeah, Silas is from there. Okay, so we're going up there and like staying with his parents and stuff. Man, we'll have to get up. I know for real. It's like dude, Damon was like, I think how we 
playing the second. Dude, that one I is was so like, cool. Wait a minute, I think they are. Yeah. But then the ninth is the Reeves Theater in Elkin. We're doing. Okay. It's, it's a. That'll be a good one. Show. Yeah, it's a theater show. It's a Lone Hollow deal, so I don't know all the details about that yet, but right. that one's going to be one that if you can make the trek to North Carolina, you'll probably have a place to lay your head, so that'd be cool, but yeah. dude. What weekend is that? The ninth. It's the weekend after the second. Okay, yeah. I'm, that's the weekend we're going down to Casey's, me and Amanda, and Blue. <sighs> well, that's okay. Man, I would love Family to go, time, though. though. Yeah, that's need a little reflection. Dude, yeah, man, always do Thanksgiving. Got to talk Thanksgiving. Yeah, to you we do. Let's talk that before dude. you leave. Allie, hell yeah, man! All right, dude. I enjoyed it, man.